Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Uh, we're going to start off with the Pistons, and we're going to go into Tigers. Opinions uh, that I'll then later in the show, Aubrey will give, will provide to the audience his thoughts on Jeff Moss's article about the Wings' Swedish mafia problem and the trouble it's caused, causing to the French, to the uh, to the organization, the franchise in Hockey Town. But first off, uh, the Pistons lose 101 to 91. The uh, there were a lot of lead changes in the game. The Pistons led by as many as uh, four, I believe. But it was a close game all along. They led by as many as six. Oh, yeah, yeah. Led by as many as six. The Pistons outscored the the, the Cavaliers forty-two to thirty-two in the paint, but they but they got out rebounded big time, forty-six to thirty-two. Tristan Thompson with eight of Cleveland's twelve offensive boards to the to to just five offensive boards to for the Pistons. Pistons turned the ball over seven, just seven times. Cleveland, 10. Pistons have outscored the Cavaliers on the fast break, 9-6. to six. Pistons shot 48.8% from the floor. Cleveland, 48.6. That is pretty much even. Pistons shot 41.4% from three-point range. Cleveland, uh, Cavaliers, 26.1% percent from three, 26.1% from three, and, and the Cavaliers still found a way to pull it off. Free throw percentage? Oh, wait, I'm sorry. The other way around. Cleveland, 48.8 from the floor, 48.6% from, from the floor for Detroit. Cleveland, 41.4% from three-point range. Detroit, 26.1% from three. My apologies. We got it straightened out now. Free throw percentage. Cleveland, 73.3%. Pistons, 68.4%. Andre Drummond, 1 for 6 from the line. And uh, Stan Van Gundy was really trashing Andre Drummond. Well, I think he's finally had enough of his crap. Yep. I think we all have. Yeah, Stan Van Gundy uh, was saying that Drummond can't run, can't run up to set a screen. He can't do anything. From uh, Cleveland fans with a Z at the end, 
at Cleveland underscore fans with a Z at the end, Stan ripping into Drummond with a 30-second video. Yeah, when you hear something like that, you can't tell me he's not going to at least shop Drummond this you know, in the offseason. You can't tell me that. I, I'd be shocked. Right. It, it's time for uh, Andre Drummond to, to get the gone wastrel. Yeah, he's never going to improve. He's, he's shown over the last three, uh, the three years he was here, he's gotten progressively worse at free throws. His defense is beyond embarrassing. And he just shows a total lack of effort altogether. Drummond finishing with 17 points and just seven rebounds. He's not. He's no longer recording double doubles like he used to, for most of the entire season. He used to be a superstar, but now he's really floundering. He's shooting eight of fourteen from the free throw line. He got to a great start from the floor, six of, six out of six from the floor. Um, Aaron Baines uh, had his troubles uh, rebounding. He also got called for an offensive foul. A minus 16 for Aaron Baines. That is the lowest plus minus for a piston in this game. Caldwell Pope, minus 10. He finished with 18. Baines finished with three. Four rebounds for Aaron Baines. One assist. Three turnovers. I don't even know which is worse. They're they're both bad. Well, at least Baines has an excuse. I mean, he's a backup. So I mean <laughs> Yeah. No, he didn't he didn't he didn't play good for a backup either, but at least he has an excuse. I mean Drum is supposed to be a so called superstar and he just continually disappoints. Yeah, Contavious Caldwell-Pope leading the Pistons in scoring with 18, as I mentioned before. Marcus Morris with 16, 5 of 11 shooting. Reggie Jackson, 1 for 8 from three-point range, 5 of 16 for the floor, 13 points. Same for Tobias Harris, still not stepping up. Reggie Jackson, a minus 6. Tobias Harris, a minus 9. Oh, man. I was saying before, why not give Stanley Johnson more minutes in game four? He had only four less points than Tobias Harris in a lot less minutes. I heard on the drive with Jack Ebling that they were interviewing uh, Fox Sports Detroit studio analyst Grant Long, that, and he said that the, the, that the Pistons need to shore up the bench more, you, you know, meaning play them more. I'd say so. At least, uh, definitely Stanley Johnson. I think he's been playing pretty good with the limited minutes he's had. Yeah, uh, Stanley Johnson, thirteen forty-six with nine points again. Anthony Tolliver, eleven ten, two points and two rebounds, both on defense. Tobias Harris collecting seven rebounds, all on defense. Back to the stars, and it's now back to the bench. Steve Blake with no points in 849. Aaron Baines, 1552. The Pistons just uh, 
need need better centers, both of them. I don't. The backup is is no longer an being a backup is no longer an excuse. It and it never was to begin with anyway. Actually, uh, the Pistons. Yeah, I agree with uh, Grant Long's decision that the Grant Long's comment on the drive with Jack Emling earlier today that the Pistons need to shore up the bench. You got to play better defense too. Still, way too many wide open threes. Yep, Th- that's that's my point too. And the Griffins just beat the Mil- Milwaukee Admirals three to one in Game One in Milwaukee. There's some good news. Probably the best news all day. Yep, best news all day. Yep. Uh, Ryan Sproul finishes with two assists. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi finishes with two goals. Martin Furk scoring in between. He gets a goal and a goal and an assist. Uh, Sproul would be my third star. Martin Furk, the game winner. My second star, Tyler Bertuzzi, my first star. All right, well, uh, Griffins win 3-1 to one in Game 1. As some of you might have heard on ESPN 961 with Bob Kayser and Larry Fikursky in the call. And, the, and speaking of hockey, the, the Islanders and Panthers are going to overtime tied at 1 in Game 5 at, in Game 5 in, at, at BB&T Center in Sunrise on CNBC. That's been That's a very, very good series. Yeah, it's a it's a very pivotal game five. A completely pivotal game five, no matter how long it goes, how long overtime goes. That is a that is one hell of a series. Uh, the yeah, the Blackhawks, by the way, uh, double overtime, found a way to win. Patrick Kane. Made made one heck of a play. He beat three St. Louis Blues defenders in the slot, and uh, and uh, snuck up from around the from around the back of the net and put one in past Petrangelo's stick and and Sean Elliott's uh, uh, Sean Elliott's uh, right pad for the game winning goal. So. That series is not over yet. The Blues still lead the series three games to two. But uh, back to the Pistons here. Uh, with that loss, the Pistons are uh, Pistons' chances of getting swept are becoming more highly likely, are likely higher, because um, the Cavaliers just keep finding ways to win in this series, and the Pistons are just floundering at the end. Constantly. 
Yep, they just don't have enough to finish the game. Right. But if you but if you think about all, about all those uh, consecutive years with, that the Pistons that the Pistons failed to make the playoffs miserably. Oh, I understand. I mean, yeah. I, I I didn't have high expectations when they came, got in as an eight seed. I just don't want them to get swept. That's all I ask. Me too. Yeah. But if they get swept, then uh, should should any should should any changes uh, uh, be made with with the coaching staff? Oh God, no! I think the coaching staff is just fine. Yeah, I, I think I think I mean I trust Stan Van Gundy. Yeah, just get rid now, of now. If he signs uh, Drummond to a max deal. Uh, that will that that will change my opinion on Gundy. I don't think he'll do that, especially after what he had to say about him after tonight's game. That's true. And Van Gundy was being serious, one hundred percent, one hundred percent serious. Oh yeah, there's no way he was joking. This isn't just some. I think he was serious and. Probably, and maybe he thought if he said that, uh, you know, to the media, maybe it'll light a fire under his butt. I mean, <laughs> what else can he do? The guy's just a big child. I know. He, uh, Van Gundy, no, nobody, not even Stan Van Gundy, would um, light a fire in Drummond. I mean, I, he's just lazy. You you can see it. Depressed, depressed and lazy. Well, uh, the jury's still out on the the uh, depressed part for me because I don't know if he's completely telling the truth on that one with his friend. I just, I don't I don't a hundred percent buy that. Right. Especially a friend that died months ago. I mean, you know, come on, really? You, you weren't pouting months ago. You just started pouting a couple weeks just uh, like before the season was over. Yeah, he's like, he wasn't pouting then. But uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. But back to the back to the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Flyers shut out the Washington Capitals two nothing to extend the extend the series to six games, just like the Blackhawks did to the Blues. The Flyers on the road uh, kept their hopes alive with a two nothing win. Michael Michael Neuver, the former the former the former Buffalo Sabre goaltender, made forty four saves, and you can see. Prashant Iyer's tweets on Twitter at, at Iyer underscore Prashant. Uh, Michael Noyesburg's 44 saves on the most saves in a playoff shutout since Craig Anderson stopped 51 for the Colorado Avalanche against the San Jose Sharks in 2010. The NHL record for playoff saves in a shutout is 70 by Dominic Koshik in 1994 against the New Jersey Devils when Koshik played for the Buffalo Sabres. It was a one. It was a one nothing shutout 
Brodeur won, not, not Hasek won. Buffalo won. Brodeur made 49 saves. The NHL record for playoff saves in, in a regulation shutout is 47 by Curtis Joseph of the St. Louis Blues in 1993 against the Chicago Blackhawks, a 2-0 win. Billy's win is only the third time in the playoffs that a team that that had that, that a team had 11 or fewer shots and won the game. Teams are now three and ten in those situations. Wow. In fact, Washington has has now been involved in all three up in all three playoff games in all three playoff wins by a team with 11 or fewer shots. They lost tonight. Won in 98. Lost in 90. Again, the entire chat room will be shut off for the entire show. Sorry about that, guest three, but uh, we are doing a we are doing our best to allow any to uh, prevent any craziness on our show from our show. Moving on to the Tigers, they also lose two to one to the Cleveland Indians. Cleveland two, Detroit nothing. It's uh, the score of that game was two to one. That that uh, one night series was two two nothing. City of Cleveland. Uh, Justin Verlander on the first pitch gave up a leadoff home run to Carlos Santana at a designated hitter, and then he. Uh, and then on the first pitch in the top of the seventh inning, he gave up a solo shot to Marlon Bird. After uh, throwing 108 pitches through six innings, Brad Osmus decides to keep him in. This is another example of why Brad Osmus is still an idiot. Well, especially when the majority of your bullpen is doing pretty well so far this season. Yeah, Justin Wilson was doing great going into tonight. He got him. He got himself in a, in a bit of a jam in the eighth inning, but he managed to get out of it with two two straight two big straight strikeouts. Two straight big strikeouts. One of them on Jan Gomes. Uh, you know, and I love Awesomeness' uh, reasoning for keeping JV out there. Since he looked so good in the sixth, he thought he'd be fine going into the seventh. He's like, he had 100, 108 pitches, you moron. See, this is this is this is uh, what I this is what I'm trying to this is what I'm trying to mean by uh, by that article, which we're going to get to in, in about a few minutes. 
um, it's like it's like when Jeff Blaschel is not taking control, he's letting Henrik, the captain Henrik Zetterberg take control. Brad Ausmus is letting the Tigers' captain Justin Verlander take control of this team, while Ausmus is not making is continuing to make the wrong decisions. Osmus is not taking full charge, while Blaschel is not taking any charge whatsoever. Or is, or is taking even less charge of the Red Wings than, than Brian Osmus is with the Tigers. It, it, it looks very similar. It really does. I mean, they were, you know, just like with the Aus, in his first year with Osmus, they, you know, you could just see a lot of these guys just not paying attention, not listening to them. They're like, you know, you know, forget what you say. We're going to do what we want. It's pretty much the same thing. Correct. Uh, a strange statistic, Justin Upton with an RBI double, followed by following an Ian Kinsler single in the bottom of the sixth. Both of them came with two outs. That tied the game at one before Verlander gave up that second home run to the Indians. That one by Marlon Bird, as I mentioned before. Tigers dropped to eight and seven. The Indians are improved to seven and seven. Do you think Al Avila's uh, already getting tired of Brad Osmus? The Tigers are, are heading for a fall. Well, even earlier uh, than, than last year, than they were last year. Well, I almost wonder if it wasn't Avila's decision to keep uh, Osmus, if it was like maybe he was more outvoted by Illich to keep him. Because well, how can anybody look at this guy and want to keep him? Mike, Justin Spiro's source says that said last year that Mike Illich was not happy about about Brad Osmus's decisions. Illich wanted Gardenhire. Do you remember that? Yeah, and they, we all thought that was a pretty much a done deal. And then all then we hear Osmus is getting re is going to be kept, and we're like, what what just happened? Not not he's well not resigned, but but kept for the final year of his contract. Right, yeah. Yeah, we'll never get the truth on the full truth on that one. Right. I I actually think we already have. Cuz you know what? It had to be, it had to be somebody's uh, decision to to keep Brad Osmus as a manager. Again, Illich was not happy with Osmus. It's got it's got to be, it's got to be Al Avila's own decision because Al Avila thought that Brad Osmus was was good at advanced statistics, but that's all he was good at. Well, if if Illich led a first-time GM. If Mike, Illich, if Mike Illich allowed a first-year GM to, to make that kind of a decision, then shame on Mike Illich. 
Yeah. But I would... But uh, that was Al, Al Avila's decision to, to keep an eye on Brad Osmus and, and see... To keep Brad Osmus and keep an eye on, on him, on, on how he does as manager this year. And so far, it doesn't look good now than, than it used to be in the first few games. Well, he's barely above 500. I, I, we'll, be, we'll be interesting what we're going to hear once uh, the month of April is over to see where they're at. If they're below 500, they might just fire him. They might. And they should. Tiger's standing in Tiger's still standing in third place at eight and seven. As I mentioned before. Uh, the Royals eleven and five in first place. The world champs, followed by the ten and six White Sox. Indians fourth place, seven and seven, as I also mentioned before. The Minnesota Twins five and twelve. In fifth place, looking at the American League East, the Orioles ten and five, the Red Sox seven and eight, the Blue Jays eight and ten, the Rays seven and nine, and the Yankees six and nine. They're coming off a win. The AOS looks like this: Texas ten and six, Athletic uh, Rangers ten and six. Oakland Athletics ten and seven, Seattle Mariners seven and nine, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim seven and Seattle Mariners seven and eight, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim seven and nine, the Houston Astros five and eleven. To the National League, the NL East. The Washington Nationals, twelve and four, the new the New York the New York the New York Mets uh, seven and seven. The Philadelphia Phillies seven and nine. The Miami Marlins five and nine. The Atlanta Braves four and eleven. The NL Central, the Chicago Cubs thirteen and four. They've won two straight now, including that sixteen nothing win in Jake Arrieta's no hitter, second career no hitter against the Reds. St. Louis Cardinals eight and seven, the Pittsburgh Pirates eight and eight, the Cincinnati Reds eight and nine, the aforementioned Cincinnati Reds, the the Milwaukee Brewers, the Milwaukee Brewers seven and nine, and finally finally the NL West, the Dodgers ten and the the LA Dodgers ten and six, the Colorado Rockies eight and seven, the Arizona the Arizona Diamond Arizona Diamondbacks nine and eight, San Francisco Giants seven and ten, the San Diego Padres six and ten. That's all for Major League Baseball. Now, uh, overtime is underway. Islanders and Panthers still tied at one. 18.34 left in the first overtime. Verlander drops to one and two. Tomlin improves to two and oh. Cody Allen gets his fifth save. And the slump continues for Cabrera. He's hitting worse than Upton. 220. Oh. 
What a joke. I mean, even Upton had an RBI double tonight. Yeah. Uh, Upton, 227. Cabrera, 220. Oh, my God. Uh, Tony Paul, 1984. Piston, hashtag Pistons SVGs just equated playing Andre Drummond late in a game to, to, playing, to quote, playing for zero points, unquote. Ouch. Ha, 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 ha. I just retweeted that. Cabrera, 0 for 3 with a walk. Victor, 1 for 4, 1 for 4 with a double. J.D. Martinez, 0 for 4, now, now down to 298. Kinsler, 1 for 4 with a, with a run scored. Kinsler up. Kindler and Upton with two strikeouts each. Upton one for four with an RBI, with the, with the only RBI of the game, the RBI double in, in sixth inning. In the sixth inning, Nick Castellanos one for three. Tigers only left seven men, seven men on base. Tyler Collins over three. Batting 133, I would put Anthony Ghost back out there. Until uh, yeah, David. Plus, plus he's better defensively. What's that? Plus I think Ghost is better defensively than college. Yep, that's true. Bobby Wilson over two. He didn't he didn't do anything at all. Salto Lamacchio 0 for 1. James McCann is nearing a return, too. Well, almost. Yeah, no need to no rush need. him. Yep, right. No rush, no. Salto Lamacchio should be playing more. Uh, Iglesias 0 for 3, down to 306. Salto Lamacchio is still batting 278. Kinsler still batting 358. Castiano still batting 346. Victor Martinez 261. That's it. For the Indians, uh, Carlos Santana 2 for 4 with a home run and a single. Kittness 1 for 4. Francisco, Jason Kittness. Francisco Lindor, the shortstop, 1 for 3 with a walk. And a strikeout. Mike Napoli 0 for 4 with, with four strikeouts, the golden sombrero, and three men left on base. Jan Gomes 0 for 3. 0 for 4 with three strikeouts and three men three men left on base. Lindor is hitting 296. Napoli 235. Gomes 200. Marlon Bird 1 for 3. With a homer and a walk, hitting 250. Same for uh, Rajay Davis, hitting 250 as well. He didn't get any at bats. Lonnie Chisenhall, who was at, who was recently activated from the 15-day disabled list, 0 for 4 with one strikeout and one man left on base, hitting 091. Uh, Juan Uribe, 0 for 4 with two strikeouts, batting 189. And Naquin, 0 for 3. 
Tyler Naquin, the center fielder, one for three, rather, not over three, one for three with one strikeout, hitting 320. He should be he should be moved up in the lineup with that average. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, Terry's kind of hard not to. That move. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's, a, he's a good manager, so, I mean, it'd be kind of stupid not to on his part. Right. Bonneville Sanchez and Corey Kluber tomorrow night, tomorrow afternoon at 110. Sanchez, as I mentioned, 2-1, and one, 460, as I mentioned last night. Kluber 0 for 3, 616. The Tigers have owned Corey Kluber. Then on Sunday, come on, load up. Shane Green versus Carlos Carrasco. Green one for one. He got he got the help beat out of beat out of him. He got the help beat out of him by the. Uh, Kansas City Royals Tuesday night, 7.15 ERA. Carrasco, 2-0 and with a 2.79 ERA. Uh, probably just a bad night for Shane Green, but um, hopefully he can rebound because uh, uh, he, he'll need to against another great pitcher in Carlos Carrasco. Okay, Aubrey, uh, now we get to uh, Moss's article of the Wings Swedish Mafia problem. Based on what I read, as I mentioned, Zetterberg and Cronwall were leading the team, not Jeff Blaschel, all that stuff. Uh, The way you read this, uh, provide to to, to our audience your thoughts on what you read. Well, after reading Moss's article, just hearing the fact that, you know, our the guy who's supposed to be the captain, the leader of this team, d- just goes and disrespects a first-year coach like Blaschel. And just, as soon as he goes, it comes in the room and gives the game plan saying this is what we're going to do like a coach is supposed to do. Zetterberg just basically waits till he leaves the room and says, okay, this is what we're going to actually do. I mean, <laughs> Like Moss said in the article, what a toxic environment you're creating by doing that. And look look what it's gotten them. I mean, Blaschel looks like a moron because he doesn't have enough guts to tell Zetterberg, this is, I'm coaching this team, not you. So Blaschel doesn't surprise me at all, especially reading this article. If anything, it just confirms the fact that he is not the coach for this team. And Zetterberg, I've lost a lot of respect for him. Yeah, and I've lost a lot of respect for Zetterberg as well. And then I like another good part. Is I guess apparently uh, Blasio was actually going to bench Erickson for his garbage play, and basically Zetterberg vetoed that and said, no, you're not.
Yeah, that's yeah, that's the one tweet that uh, I read from Jeff Moss a couple hours ago when he uh, when he uh, tweeted that article again for like the third time of the day when he after he post after he published it on DetroitSportsRag.net. I just don't know how if you're Ken Holland, and you know, and you hear this kind of stuff, and I almost wonder if he knows if he does know about this, and if he knows about this, why are you allowing that to happen? Yeah, Ken Holland's not taking much charge of the GM either. No, it it, it just it, the whole situation is just a cluster bleep. <laughs> You got like uh, uh, like Moss was saying too. The inmates are running the asylum, and that's never going to end well. <laughs> if Zetterberg oh. is honestly coaching this team, I don't As know. Yeah, there's something. There's a lot wrong with that. But like I was telling you too, after I read it, it's like this team, the wings are screwed up more than I thought. Yeah. Ken Holland and Jeff Blashold must realize that they rule. Over, they both rule over the players, and Holland rules over Blashold, and Blashold rules over the players. Well, that Zetterberg, just tells me Blashold has no guts. Zetterberg doesn't rule over Blashold or Holland. He only he doesn't have too, and he doesn't have too much power over the rest of his players. Neither does Cronwall or any. Any other alternate captain, right? Yeah, I know this is basketball, but can you imagine any like any player on the Pistons trying to pull that garbage with Stan Van Gundy? Gundy would tell him to get the hell out of here. Right, and that's what Blashell should do. I don't give a damn if you're the captain. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the great. I don't care if you're Wayne Gretzky. I don't care if you're Gordy Howe or whatever. You don't tell me what to do, how to run the team that I'm getting paid to run. Shut your mouth and do what I tell you. If you want to give an opinion on it or say you disagree on it and talk about it, that's fine. But if you're going to act like you're just not going to listen to me, I'll just bench your sorry ass and then see what you do. Right. But if Marshall had that kind of guts, this wouldn't be an issue right now. Right. Stan Van Gundy is taking taking way more charge of the Pistons than Blashell and Holland combined are with the Red Wings and and the, and Brad Osmus and then Brad Osmus is with the Tigers. Well, it's like what we were talking about uh, before we started the show. It's basically a mirror image of Osmus and the Tigers. It's pretty much the same thing. Osmus just sitting there and like. Justin Verlander doesn't want to come out of the game when Austin takes him out. And what does Austin do? He backs down like a, like a, really like a coward and just lets, keeps him in the game. Yeah, that was in the middle of the show, rather. We started with the Pistons. But yeah, that's true. I just don't see how Blasio could be the coach anymore. I mean, you hear something like that, how does anybody have any more confidence in the guy? I don't, like, how Holland be the, I don't see how Holland should be the GM anymore either. 
No, I, he I should be fired. Yeah, I I don't care who, I don't care if the next GM, I don't care what the next GM is is stuck with, whether it's long term contracts or uh, rookies being me being unused. Whatever, just fire Ken Holland. Even I would rather take 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 a general manager who who is stuck with long long term contracts but can still take charge. Than an overloyal Ken Holland as a general manager. Think about that. That's my point. That's another point I'd like to make. Uh, I'm right behind you on that one. I mean, I, I don't care who they get. Just get somebody because you know anybody with any brains is going to give the new GM some leeway because we understand that he has a buttload of bad contracts that he's got to sift through. Right. Maybe some general man, maybe some, maybe any other general manager will light a fighter, light a fire under those, under the asses, under the asses of those long-term contract washed-up veterans. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I, I know one maybe. thing: all these fanboys trying to say, "Oh yeah, let's go get Eisenman." Eisenman is not coming here. Anybody who talks about that is just an idiot. Yes, it's nice to think about, but he has no reason to come here, and why would he? Yeah, he he likes he likes the Tampa Bay Lightning now. Um, who, who else should we get? There's 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 other options. There's other options like Jim Nell. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. Is he available? Right. Not sure. We'll have to do, uh, we'll have to do some research on that and spot yeah, that. Try, yeah, try and find some available GMs for next year. Yep, that's true. Game four, game four by the way, Pistons and Cavaliers, Sunday at 8.30 on TNT. Uh, only for Cleveland Cavaliers fans. Who are enjoying this? Yeah, I got a feeling Cleveland's going to get the sweeps. I, I really thought the uh, Pistons' best chance at a win was going to be tonight, and it didn't work. So I, I think they're done. Yep. Yeah, I don't see anybody else stepping up for this team. Not even Reggie Jackson or Marcus Morris or Tobias Harris. No, really, Detroit's only chance is to hope that Cleveland just has a horrible shooting night. That's that's the only chance they got. Unless, unless they play, unless they play way better defense. Yeah, that'd be I, nice, but so far I, I they haven't done anything the past three games. So, I mean, Cleveland's offense is uh, sometimes tough to guard, but it doesn't mean the Pistons should just lay off. I just don't get what they're thinking. It's like you you know the Cavs like to shoot the threes. I mean, they made twenty of them in Game Three. Maybe you should guard the perimeter. Right. 
I mean, I wouldn't even worry about the inside because we don't really have anybody that can really guard inside very well. Drummond is soft. Baines is soft. So just yep. guard the perimeter and try and, you know, lower, you limit their uh, jump shots. That's correct. I am going to be uh, on uh, Betty Cantley's show at uh, at 9.15 p.m. tomorrow tomorrow night. Betty's World of Sports. So uh, I would invite you to, to come listen. Yeah, it's going to be a little work. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. She's going to be on Blog Talk Radio. So that's going to wrap it up uh, for uh, for the Detroit for episode eleven of the Detroit Sports Truth Post Game Show on Talk Shoe. Aubrey, I will talk to you uh, whenever uh, Betty's show is is over with. All righty, sounds good. Or, or actually before, because we're because all we're covering is the Tigers tomorrow night. Pretty much, and then if you want to preview the Pistons for Sunday, that's about it. Well, all I can say is uh, for Game Four, I'm, I'm probably not gonna, I'm probably probably not gonna watch the game, but um, I'm probably I'm I'm probably gonna watch the game, but I'm not gonna broadcast it in game. Chat uh, podcast on Talk Show. So anyway, for Aubrey Dyer, I'm Taylor Phillips, TTFN, ta-ta for now. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.